Hey, we're going to ask you to, uh, to take the word of God this morning and turn to Luke chapter 10. Let's all, let's all stand and we'll just have a word of prayer and then uh, we'll get into the word of God. We're going we're gonna to go back into uh, a living room and a kitchen of folks from the early church where Jesus visited, and it's going, to be a, it's going to be a great trip. Luke chapter 10. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that it's your word that transforms by your grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. The written word becomes the living word to us by your power, O oh God. And we pray today that it will really speak to our hearts. Our hearts need conditioning, Lord. We need to position ourselves in a place of victory, in a place of deliverance, in a place of just having faith and trust in you in this crazy, crazy time. Your word is established in heaven. We do not live just by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And you have spoken, God, and we're so grateful for it. So we give you the praise and the honor today for the, the word of God changes us, and the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes everything and changes anything, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen, and amen. You may be seated. So Luke chapter 10, we're going we're gonna to read from verse 38, and it reads like this, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. One thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good portion, the best part, which will not be taken away from her. So we see Jesus visiting Martha and Mary, Mary's house. Lazarus is the brother, and he had visited this house many, many times and um, was comfortable with them. And obviously, Martha was comfortable with uh, coming in and breaking the teaching of the very Son of God to his disciples. So there was a comfortability here that we notice with uh, Martha and, and Mary. And the beautiful thing about this portion of Scripture is it's, it's real. It's, aren't you glad that the Bible brings the authentic human condition out as we read it. We can relate to this, can't we? We're on, our, we're on a mission to um, continue this series on living life on purpose. And today we're going to be talking about the priority of the presence of God. The priority of the presence of God. Do you know that the word priority originated in the 14th century? And it literally meant the one urgent thing that is needed, the one urgent and only thing that is needed, the priority. Now, since uh, 
the word has evolved over the years, we see that the word means a lot. We have a list of priorities now, don't we? We have a list of tasks. We have a list of things to do financially, uh, with our health care, with uh, the job, with the house tasks and, uh, and duties. There are priorities that are listed. Um, but the word priority speaks to us today about this urgent, necessary, significant one thing that is needed for our relationship with Jesus Christ. The story of Jesus' visit to Mary and, and Martha here uh, speaks to us of the importance, first, of listening to Jesus, of learning from Jesus, and engaging and encountering his great love in order for us to truly love one another. How many of you have understood and felt the necessity for God's love when you come across someone that is unlovable? Some of you might have a situation in your family or maybe at work or people that you know that it's very, very hard to get over not liking them, right? I'm just being real. God's love enables us not only to love the unlovable, but to like them and to appreciate them. And this is, uh, this is a beautiful illustration of God's uh, calling us to this awesome time of being in the presence of God. So, relationship with Jesus takes priority over all the many things. When you came here this morning, did you have many things on your mind? The Bible speaks about the cares of this world. The Bible speaks about the concerns of the world, the, 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 the anxiety and the stress and the things that weighed down heavy on us like a, like a wet blanket of anxiety and stress and fear. I'm so glad to tell you today that we have a Savior that can lift us out of the miry clay and the muck and the doldrums and the routine of life and cause us to live this adventurous, reckless abandonment, sold out life for Jesus Christ. And it gives us purpose. Amen. It gives us purpose. Martha, I could just see Martha. And I'm going to be honest with you. When Steph wants help in the kitchen, she starts banging stuff, okay? That's her little cue that uh, <clears throat> you guys need to help out and hear me roar. Bang, cupboards, okay? It's just like, this is it. I could see Martha banging stuff in the kitchen. Can, can you see it? Can you see her head coming around the corner like, you know? And just the, the, the anxiety and the stress and, 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 and the, the, the problem of being overwhelmed with many things. When we're overwhelmed with many things, we start banging stuff, don't we? We start banging our family. We start banging people at work. We start, we start treating people un, unkind and, and unloving. The concerns and cares of our lives just kind of take us over. The Bible says that God said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. We need to spend time in the presence of the Lord so that our mindset becomes Christ's 
set of thinking, his affections, his uh, heartbeat, his pulse for a lost and dying world. When we talk about living life on purpose, it's not all about me and it's not all about you. Isn't it true? We can get so me-centered in this society living for our dreams and our ambitions and we lose track of the purpose that God has created us for. And that purpose is to enjoy him with such satisfaction that our lives are reek with the glory of God on a daily, daily basis. Martha was having problems with this, definitely. Here, here it is. Martha was occupied with many things. Mary is occupied with Jesus. Martha is getting bitter. Mary is building her trust and faith in Christ. While Martha begins to doubt the Lord's care and concern over her, Mary is humbly enthralled in the wonder of Christ's character, the wonder of his nature, the wonder of his love, the wonder of his grace. And that character and nature fills her heart with such love and, a, and adoration. Many feel that it was Mary who broke open that alabaster box. It was Mary who shed tears at the feet of Jesus and wiped uh, the feet of Jesus with her hair. There was, there was affection and there was adoration. Why? Because she listened to Jesus and she learned from him. And she experienced not just dogma or creeds or religious tradition or things on paper, but she understood the, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's something. And that's our quest today. Jesus said, Mary has chosen wisely. She has chosen better, the good portion, the best part, spending time in his presence, and that will not be taken away from her. As believers, there's a tendency that the enemy of our soul works with us in getting caught in the trap of religious duty without the desire for Christ. Religious performance without the passion of living and loving Christ and loving others. When was the last time that you sat at the feet of Jesus, really listened and learned of him? His character and his nature revealed, his splendor, the majesty of who he is. We sit at his feet by the power of the Holy Spirit. We behold him. Amen? We get to know him. Whom to know is life eternal. We listen to him. If you turn back one chapter in Luke chapter 9, we see in verse 28 this wonderful story about the transfiguration. And it goes like this, Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Now, about eight days after these sayings about taking up your cross, following Jesus, denying yourself, Peter and John and James went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. 
And behold, two men were talking with him. Moses and Elijah were talking to Jesus, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were getting were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, and not knowing what he said as he was saying these things, they were cut off as they were speaking. A cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, Be quiet. Listen. This is my beloved son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. See, in the Old Testament, there were all kind of monuments and memorials and altars set up in a physical sense in the Old Covenant. And the disciples here were, were in that mode of Old Covenant. We're in that mode of monuments and shrines and, and uh, altars and, and things set up uh, in an in a external, physical way. The New Covenant is, listen... Jesus has come now to set up a, mo a monument, an altar, a memorial in your heart. Listen to him. Amen? Listen to him. Listen means a little bit different from hearing. Um, we could say, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Right? Do you hear? Listen means... Are you hearing and are you taking into thought and emotion what I'm saying? And are you going to step things into action based on what I'm saying to you? Listen up, right? Listen up. In the Old Testament, when the word hear was spoken, associated with the word hear was the sense that once you would hear it, you would trust the word of God and you would believe it. That was the regular course of action and thought when the word hear was spoken. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hear. When Jesus came into the New Testament, when he, when he came into the world and he was speaking to the Pharisees, what did he say to them? You who have ears, let him hear. Now, there wasn't a lot of deaf people, although there were some, but he wasn't speaking about the outward ear. He was speaking about the deafness of the heart, the hard-heartedness of the heart, that when Jesus speaks, listen, when I speak, Jesus says, listen to me, trust me, obey me, walk in my ways. Listen to me. Amen? Listen. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 1. Beautiful illustration of who Christ is. Hebrews chapter 1, and we read this. Verse 1, long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature 
and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Jesus Christ is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And when we get to know him through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are involved in the very glory and radiance of the Godhead. Isn't that something? The Bible says that we are therefore justified by faith, and we've gained access into this grace in which we stand. The awesome understanding that Father God invites us into his holy presence without fear of retribution, without fear of vindication. His hand is out to you today. Christ has gained access for us because of what he has done on the cross. And we say, God, thank you for access into the very grace in which we stand. So we have to listen to him. Amen? Is everybody listening? Marlene, are you, are you listening to me? It, it looks like you're listening. Thank you. Here's a, here's a thought. Let's face it now. Without, without Martha... The disciples and those friends in that, in that living room probably would not have had a meal, right? Would not have had a meal. But we can't forget that our service for Jesus flows out and overflows in service to others because of the quiet times of being with Jesus, knowing Jesus, and loving Jesus. Martha brings out a great illustration of how we need to watch ourselves when we're involved in ministry. When we become bitter that other people are not hearing us, it leads uh, to this, this tree of doubt and unbelief when it comes to God's concern over us and his care over us. Isn't it true? And we begin to blame others, and we begin to say, well, they're not doing that, so, uh, you know, God, don't you care? Don't you care if care for me? The, the beautiful illustration of ministry, guys, is that... We have this awesome privilege and responsibility of serving Jesus Christ as he has served us. He left his throne in glory, amen, stepped off his majesty and splendor. The Bible says he thought it not robbery that he would be stripped of his majesty and splendor and come down as a human being, live a sinless life, die a cruel, horrific death, buried risen again, ascended into heaven, glorified by the Father, and then the initiation of the Holy Spirit being sent, the promise of the Father to us that the Holy Spirit would minister grace and truth to us. It's an awesome, awesome thing of knowing Jesus. Don't leave the living room of God's presence and go to the kitchen of service and ministry until you have listened to God, until you have learned from Jesus, and until you know Jesus and love Jesus. Let's flip over to Matthew chapter 11, and we'll go to uh, verse 25. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 25. 
Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And here's a beautiful and key verse for us today. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many uh, of you were ever ranchers? Not one? Okay. Yeah. Baling hay. We got a baler of hay over here. Awesome. This, uh, this is an interesting concept. When they had a young ox that had to learn how to plow the field, they would literally hook it up to an older ox that was experienced, seasoned, that knew how to do it. And that little ox was carried around by this bigger ox. And eventually, the little ox learned the way to do oxing by being yoked to this ox. It's a picture of us being yoked to Christ Jesus as a disciple. Amen? You know, in Jesus' day, there were many disciples and many teachers. And one thing we know as we read history is that to be a disciple back then, you literally spent every moment of every day with your teacher. In fact, there were historical writings of how uh, disciples in those days of teachers would literally want to, and I'm, I'm not joking, would want to go into the restroom bathroom with their teacher to understand how they actually went to the bathroom. Now, does that sound a little bit far-fetched? My point is this. How far are we willing to go with Jesus and be yoked with him to learn of him? Amen? To learn of him and to be with him. This is a, an awesome verse for us today. Come, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you know how you get rest? And do you know how you become unburdened? Be yoked to Jesus Christ. Amen? Follow him. Listen to him. And love him today. Listen to Jesus. And learn of him. This week, we'll take time to practice the presence of God and make it a priority in our lives because it's the needed thing. We quiet ourselves and we sit at the feet of Jesus. How, how many of you guys, uh, when, you, when you sit down to spend some quiet time with the Lord, even though you don't have a photogenic mind where you remember things, you know, when you see it. For me, when I, when I spend time, uh, want to spend time in my quiet time, before the, the Lord, my literal uh, cell phone lists of tasks appear in my mind. Amen? And it's immediately you want to do the task instead of settling yourself in the presence of the Lord. Friends, if we're going to get through this culture and get through the patterning and fashioning and um, voices of this culture and of this world, 
We need to be people that spend time quieting ourselves before the Lord. Amen? We need it. We get so busy. We get tied down with many things. We need to bask in the presence of the Lord. It's an awesome, awesome privilege. Psalms 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the heavens. I will be exalted in the earth. Amen? We quiet ourselves and we're still. How do we combat the many things that come upon us financially and with our health, the narrative that's coming from the mainstream media and the governments of the world, and as we see the, this uh, new world order coming into being and the, the uh, satanic agenda of human governments that have cast out the thought and the mind of God, how are we supposed to battle this? Are we supposed to get signs and run into the street? Are we supposed to form mobs? Are we supposed to get violent? Are we supposed to be filled with hatred and hostility? How do we combat this? You know how you combat it? You sit at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says that in quietness and rest is our strength. Quietness and rest is our strength. How many of you today need to just quiet yourself? Quiet your mind. Quiet your heart. And literally cast your cares upon the Lord. Just quiet yourself in the presence of the Lord. I love Mary's tenacity. I love Mary's vigilance. I love Jesus in the fact that women did not sit at the feet of rabbis or teachers. This was not allowed. They were not allowed to be disciples of a teacher or of a rabbi. We see the wonder and the beauty of Jesus Christ in the treatment of women. Amen? Calling them to be all that they can be, living their purpose, living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we live in a culture that can't even define what a woman is. And it's a shame. God's order and create, created order and design is being stripped apart by the enemy. But I got good news for you. What did Jesus come to do? Came to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen? Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life and the story of the gospel and the biblical principles and the word of truth. Jesus has come to give us life and that more abundantly. How do we fight this fight? We stand still and we see the salvation of our God. Amen? Friends, from a, from a place of quietness and rest, realize that God has you in the palm of his hand. Our life and times are in his hands. Amen? You might be going through circumstances and situations that cause you to be uh, blasted with many, many, many things. Today, the priority of your life, one thing, that is needed. The only urgent thing for a follower and a believer in Jesus Christ is to sit at the feet of Jesus. And from the feet of Jesus, 
listening to him, learning from him, experiencing the love and grace of Jesus, we rise up and we go out into an unlovable world and we give the love and the grace of Jesus. People don't know what that is anymore. There's no kindness out there, is there? There's no gentleness. There's no patience. The Bible says in the last days that uh, men will be lovers of self, lovers of pleasure. And this one thing we see is that natural affection will be dismissed. Our society and our culture needs a little bit of natural affection. You see, we are ordinary people, aren't we? Take a look around. I mean, ordinary people here, aren't we? We serve an extraordinary God. And God wants us to live extraordinary lives, not in and of ourselves, but because of who he is and what he's called us to. He's called us, friends, to live a life on purpose, his purposes of reconciling the world back to God, preaching the kingdom of God that tears apart the strongholds and demolishes the arguments and speculations of man and brings a revelation of the grace and the knowledge and the truth of God to your heart, in which, when you respond by faith, the Bible says that what? You are born again, amen, into the very kingdom of God. Once you were blind, once you were dead, the Bible says, once you were powerless, helpless, you were sinners in the hands of an angry God. But that angry God saw fit to send his son, and that son saw fit to come of his own will and volition. To die on a cross for you so that you might live free of the many things and sit in the very presence of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the God himself that created the universe in which all things are sustained, all things are held together. And if he can hold the cosmos together, friends, he can hold us together. Amen? in this lost and broken, dying world. Jesus said, Mary, you've chosen the best part. Friends, we got to realize what the best part about us as believers in Jesus Christ. It's not, it's, it's not coming to a, a church of loving and wonderful people. That is awesome, and this is what happens here. We're brothers and sisters that love one another. It's not a sense of a feeling of uh, performing and achieving religious duty. And that's why we need to give and that's why we need to serve. And that's why we need to do what we do and what we volunteer. The heart of our Christian experience is a personal relationship with the Son of God, Jesus Christ. When was the last time that you sat at the feet of Jesus, like Mary, best in his presence, heard the word of God and were astounded and amazed at the wonder of the truth of God and the character of God and the nature of God and the thought that God would have us sit now at his feet, the holy God, where once we were separated because of our sin, but now we abide in him. And he abides in us. And we can literally experience Jesus firsthand through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, fellas, I got to leave. I'm out of here. 
But when I go, I'm going to send another comforter in the same form of who I am. He will manifest my words, manifest who I am to you. He will be the spirit of truth. He will convict the world of righteousness, judgment, and sin. He will be your counselor. He will be your comforter. He'll be your advocate. He'll be that paraclete, the Greek word that comes up alongside of you and holds you together in the many things of life and causes you to gain access into the very presence of God. My my cry for you today, my cry for myself and my family is that we would allow the Holy Spirit to grab us and hold us and walk us into the very presence of our Heavenly Father who loves us today. Amen? If we, if we can understand that one thing that will change your life forever, that He loves you and He cares for you and He's waiting for you to spend some quiet time Letting the many things evaporate and understanding the one thing, the priority thing in our lives is our personal, holy relationship with Jesus Christ is the most essential, significant, important thing. If you've left Jesus Christ to the side, maybe you've been a person that you've been in the kitchen wondering what in the world am I doing? This Christian life is not fun. It's not cool. I'm banging pots and pans. I'm banging cupboards. I'm just kind of banging my head against the wall. And I'm looking out at the church going, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? You know what? We're here. And we invite you into the presence of Jesus Christ. We invite you. If you've never accepted Christ, today's the day. The awesome thing is when we read the Gospels, We see who Jesus is, the radiance of God's glory, character, and nature, the very imprint of who God is. Listen to this. He approached Zacchaeus. Amen? He approached the the woman at the well. He is the seeking Savior. He is the one that has found you and is calling you, inviting you to sit at his feet. And understand his grace and his wonder today. I wonder how uh, Martha felt after Jesus spoke to her. Many options. Bitter, mad, angry. Here's an option. Jesus, I've been missing out. And I've been doing my own thing. And I've been living this religious life without the love, the joy, and the peace of my Savior, I'm going to leave the dinner and I'm going to come in because you've invited me and I'm going to sit at your feet and I'm going to get to know the God who is my Savior, the God who is my Redeemer, the God who loves me. I'd like us to kind of talk about our relationship with the Lord during the week. We, uh, the PLT met on Friday night, and we just had a great conversation about where we are as believers in Christ. Amen? You know, I grew up in the, in, in the day where uh, you just dressed for success, and you pretended until you made it through, you know? 
That was the time when you showed up at church and everybody said, hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Bless God. I'm favored and highly, highly blessed and favored. And then, and then you walk to your pew like, oh, God, help me, right? The wonder about sitting at Jesus' feet is you understand what Jesus is to you, what he wants from you, how he wants to bless you. But when you stand up, you see the needs of other people. And you're like, God, I've been sitting at your feet. I want other people to join me now at the feet of Jesus. Amen? We're going we're gonna to sing a song. And then we're going to just have a time of prayer. You can come up for prayer for anything. But if you want to come up and just solidify the word of God and the message here today is that maybe you've been in the kitchen for too, too long, doubting the care and concern of the master. You want to get out of your religious mode and all your performance and your achievements and all the things that you need to do to make your life right, right with God, that God would accept you. Listen, friends, he accepted you when you were sinners and when you were powerless. The Bible says when you were helpless. That's the God of our love. That's the love of our God. Amen. My prayer is that we'll, we'll leave this pavilion with a, with a new sense of passion. And this passion would be the priority of practicing the presence of God moment by moment, day by day, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, learning from him, and engaging in his love so that we can hit the world with the love of Christ. Get out of the kitchen, friends. Jesus is in the living room, and he's ready. Amen? Bless you.